What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, today is the start of Locked On Kenny Pickett Week. We will be doing a tour of the NFL, and we will see where Kenny Pickett could potentially land in this 2022 NFL draft. And we're going to start that off with three distinct teams. We're going to start that off with first the Carolina Panthers, then we will go to the Atlanta Falcons, and then we will go to the Seattle Seahawks. The first of three culprits that could potentially land Kenny Pickett on Thursday. So we'll talk with the guys from the Locked On Podcast Network that cover those teams. We'll talk to Billy Marshall as well, who covers the Panthers. So we will talk to these guys, get a whole type of scope, and see where Kenny Pickett could go. Could one of these three teams be his landing spot? It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, and I'm welcoming in a very special guest to the Locked On Pit Podcast to talk about Kenny Pickett and the connection to the Panthers. Billy Marshall here. Billy, how are you doing today, man? Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you coming on, trying to talk all the fits, of course, for Kenny Pickett in the NFL draft. We've touched on a few other NFC South teams already, but Pitt to the Panthers, that has been a, a big-time connection for Kenny Pickett right now. And I, I guess the overall, I guess the sentiment since I've been in Mobile and then through the Combine has been that they've been a serious team interested in him. Not sure that's at six, but I think that they've been a team that has been linked to him. What's your kind of, I guess, thoughts on the, the Kenny Pickett interest in Carolina? And, and could they take him at six? Could they take him later if he falls? What's the whole deal there? Yeah, so it's, it's obviously interesting because uh, the current dynamic uh, with the Panthers, uh, Carolina Panthers, is that Matt Rule is on the hot seat, uh, two five-win seasons consecutively. So they have to win, and the only quarterback they have on the roster, uh, or starting quarterback, is Sam Darnold. They have P.J. Walker and I think a couple others. But uh, yeah, and, and Pickett makes a lot of sense just because he is probably the most pro-ready guy, guy who's ready to step in. Uh, he has a connection with Matt Rule from when he was recruited to Temple. Uh, but the sense I get, and I spoke uh, last week in our podcast with Jonathan Alexander. He covers the Panthers uh, for the Charlotte Observer. He's as plugged in as anyone. He was the first guy to break uh, the Cam Newton is coming back to Carolina. So he has a lot of uh, you know dialed in sources inside that building. He said he'd be shocked if Kenny Pickett was a pick at uh, number six overall. But he did mention that uh, they're, they don't have a second or third round pick and their GMs got fitter traded back multiple times last year. So if they do trade back, I think he's uh, certainly a prime consideration for them. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Kind of the talk of him potentially going back now. Rule and Pickett have that connection. Rule obviously recruited him out of high school. He committed to Temple before committing to Pitt. And that's kind of been the big connection between the Panthers and the picket train. I feel like that has been the biggest one. And then there have been some rumors that have kind of come up 
throughout that process. So I guess when you look at Pickett and the Panthers as a fit, just t- we're just talking logistically as a fit. What do you kind of look at? Do you like that fit? Uh, is it a fit that makes sense with guys like DJ Moore, you know, with the rest of the guys around there? Does he fit into the offense that Matt Rule wants to run? How do you think he fits into Ben McAdoo's offense? Yeah, so you know, obviously it's been a few years since McAdoo was calling plays uh, with the Giants. But if you recall, uh, when he first took over, it, it has a lot of Mike McCarthy influence, a lot of slant flat concepts. That's what Eli Manning did really well. Uh, when you know he started working with McAdoo, they just threw those you know slant routes to Odell, and you, you remember Odell would take him 50, 60 yards to the house. So I, I expect McAdoo was obviously reunited with McCarthy last year in Dallas. So I, I expect a very similar uh, type offense. Uh, a lot of again quick game, drop back, uh, get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Uh, like they did in Dallas last year. Obviously, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, but there are some McCarthy influences uh, just about getting your players in space and letting them uh, you know, attack or do things after the catch, which I think that's what uh, the current personnel, uh, the skill players do really well, whether it's McCaffrey or uh, DJ Moore. So in that regard, I think Pickett uh, makes sense. He has experience running pro concepts with Mark Whipple. And, and yeah, I, I think obviously there's going to be talk about his potential and uh, some of the arm strength and hand size conversations, which uh, those are valid points. I, I do think Pickett is better than, um, you know, maybe the draft community kind of gives him credit for um, whether it's worth, you know, a top 10 pick. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do think that he can be a viable NFL starter, uh, especially within Ben McAdoo's offense. Yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. So let, let me kind of then throw this out to the scenario now you kind of threw out there. They trade back. Now, there's going to be multiple teams that maybe want to trade up. You know, maybe the, the Saints want to come up for Malik Willis or the Seahawks want to come up um, from nine to get someone. Uh, there's 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 teams here that could trade up. The Steelers could trade up. Um, there are a lot of teams that could be quarterback needy or there could even be non-quarterback needy teams that want to come up, get someone like Kayvon Thibodeau, someone like that that's falling down the draft. So let's say they do trade back. How likely, I guess, what has to happen on the board for Kenny Pickett to be the pick for the Carolina Panthers? Does there have to be a certain quarterback off the board, a certain tackle off the board? What does the board have to look like for you, do you think, to make Kenny Pickett a Panther? Yeah, so let's just start with the caveat that if one of the three offensive tackles, with Aquanu, Cross, and Neal, if they're on the board – I'm very, uh, I wouldn't say confident. I I just, I think they're going to lean in that direction uh, because left tackle has been an issue for this team for nearly a decade. So if one of those three guys are, if all all three of them are not on the board, uh, they could look edge rusher, but I don't know which one kind of intrigues them. Uh, But my sense is offensive tackle is going to be their priority. Number one, if that's not available to them, uh, then you'll see them trade back. And I don't know where uh, they'll feel comfortable, maybe like in the lower to mid-teens, somewhere between 13 and 16. And again, I don't know which teams are interested in trading up. There's rumors every day, and you have to be careful about believing them this time of the year. But uh, yeah, I, I think if they trade back you know, somewhere in the 13 to 16 range, which I think is uh, pretty fair, they can net uh, you know some day two pick, whether it's a second or multiple thirds. I think they'll take a strong look at quarterback and this team still has 
holes at certain areas, uh, whether it's edge rusher and obviously offensive tackle, as I said, a quarterback. Uh, they could use some help on the back seven, but it's a pretty decent area. I, I think that, you know, if that situation does occur where they trade back in that area, I think they'll strongly consider quarterback. And I don't have any intel. I've just been reading reports. I know they've brought in Sam Howell for a private workout. Uh, I know they were reportedly uh, really intrigued with Corral and uh, Malik Willis. Uh, him and Matt Rule were kind of shaking hands and having a good time at his pro day. So, to me, they're not going to take a chance on a guy like Willis just because uh, he's kind of more more of a project. If they do go in a direction, I think uh, Pickett probably makes the most sense. So in that 13 to 16 range, if they do trade back, I think that's uh, a very strong option for them. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Tackle has been a, a consideration for them. It's kind of been the wonder of where he might go, of where they might go, those top three tackles. So makes sense to me that they would prioritize that tackle over a quarterback now. Now, I guess uh, the last question I have, I've heard the smoke obviously recently. It's Baker Mayfield to the Panthers. Do you think that has real legs because of, the, as what you're describing, I think it would make sense to maybe bring in someone like a, I don't know, Mayfield or someone to, to kind of compete with Darnold, compete with PJ Walker, whoever's there that they want to come in. What it came that's not coming back, you know, all of that stuff. Do you think that is going to impact their decision? Is that a post draft thing more so than, than say through the draft? And, and how's that going to impact the picket situation if that interest is actually tangible and real? Sure. So I think the two options uh, in the veteran market are going to be Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the issue with Garoppolo is number one is his durability, and he's obviously going to miss a large portion of the offseason training because he just went through surgery. Uh, about a month or two ago. Uh, I think Garoppolo is a much better fit in the McAdoo offense because of what I kind of detailed earlier. He's really good with timing and uh, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, Mayfield is an interesting one. I I do think I've, I've never been high on Baker Mayfield personally, but I do think there is uh, an opportunity to buy low on a guy who uh, has had success in the NFL. Unlike Sam Darnold, Mayfield has played well. Uh, in multiple offenses, whether it was his rookie season under Freddie Kitchens uh, or you know last year under uh, Kevin Stefanski, so I, I think Mayfield would be an interesting option. I just I wonder what it's going to take because the eighteen million dollar uh, fifth year option that's currently on um, that he's currently owed, uh, Carolina can take that in, but I'm not sure that they want to give up you know a third or fourth round pick. Uh, you know, for that. So maybe Cleveland will have to eat some of the guaranteed money uh, or maybe, you know, the compensation will be very low. So to me, I think those are two viable options in a veteran quarterback market. I don't have a sense of timing. Obviously, if it happens before the draft, then I don't expect any quarterback uh, to be drafted in the first round. Maybe they take a flyer on a guy on day two or day three. Like I know they brought in Bailey Zappi for uh, a private visit as well, a top 30 visit. So, yeah, I think those are probably two viable options in uh, post-draft, but in the veteran market. All right, great stuff from Billy here about Pickett to the Panthers. Billy, tell people where they could find your stuff, read your stuff, do all that great stuff. Yeah, sure. So you can find me on Twitter at BillyM underscore 91, and you can listen to our podcast, uh, myself and John Ellis, uh, 
It's called The Roar. Uh, we do we cover the Panthers and doing a lot of draft stuff right now. All right, folks, Billy is great at what he does. Panthers, very interesting conversation there. And we're going to go over to the Falcons. But first, let me let you know about Athletic Greens. Because, folks, do you want to prioritize better gut health, have more energy, have an optimized immune system? Or do you hate taking vitamins and pills and you just want something that actually tastes great and you can see what the hype is about? Well, I'll tell you what, Athletic Greens AG1 has it all for you so folks what is in this stuff and what is with it with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to start your day right so that's going to better your gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus aging everything you can think of athletic greens will help and folks there's so many different things it's so lifestyle friendly if you are on a keto diet if you're paleo vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever it might be, you can take AG1 to really help you feel better about yourself. The price, it's very cheap. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all those supplements that can really add up. And AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take care of yourself. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, folks. Welcome to a special edition of the Locked on Pit podcast. You see that crossover graphic, and I am joined here by Aaron Freeman, host of Locked on Falcons, and yes, also fellow Pit alum, Aaron Freeman. So, yes, we have more than just me as a Pit alum in the Locked on Podcast Network. Trust me, there's plenty of hail, hailing to Pit going on, if you will. But today's topic is all about Mr. One Kenny Pickett. Obviously, we are doing the tour here on the Locked On Pit Podcast. It's Locked On Kenny Pickett Week, if you will. We are doing the whole tour of the league, seeing where he could land in the NFL draft. But Falcons are certainly one of those. Aaron, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Glad to be on Locked On Pit. Finally making my debut, talking about the, the one and true only QB1, Kenny Pickett, in this draft class. Yeah, and talking about Kenny Pickett, we've talked a little bit already with guys from the you know, Panthers, uh, talked with Ross from the Saints. Uh, we've talked with all these guys. NFC South has been a focus, and Kenny Pickett could find himself in the NFC South. We have not talked about the Falcons, though, yet. And the Falcons are kind of in that area where they could draft a quarterback. Maybe they won't. They have other needs where they could draft someone else. And most of the quarterback talk around them has been Malik Willis. He's an Atlanta native, so that's been the talk. But not a lot of Kenny Pickett to Atlanta talk at eight. But with no Matt Ryan there, there's always a possibility that it could happen. Quarterback needy team, Kenny Pickett, could he be QB1 on their board? It's possible. Do you think there's a chance here, or how, how's the chatter been going around Kenny Pickett to Atlanta, and is it possible? Yeah, I think – it makes sense for the Falcons to be interested in Kenny Pickett. He he checks a lot of the boxes when you look at the players that project well in this Arthur Smith 
West Coast Shanahan style of offense. You look at guys like Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. You look at guys like Kenny Pickett at a pit that run concepts that are comparable to what they'll be asked to run in the NFL. So from a scheme fit standpoint, you know, I, I think you probably put Ritter one on that list, but Pickett would be a very close second on the list. So it makes a ton of sense for the Falcons to be interested in it. But you don't hear the sort of chatter that the Falcons are realistically considering him, particularly in round one. And I, I think it makes sense because, you know, as good as Kenny Pickett is, and I think he's the best quarterback prospect in this draft class, he's not necessarily a guy that you traditionally look at as sort of a top 10 franchise um, you know, put this guy on your back. And I think part of it is because the Falcons just got out of a long marriage with Matt Ryan. And, you know, even the best version of Kenny Pickett probably is not going to be quite Matt Ryan. He might be Matt Ryan light, sort of speak. And I think if you're the Falcons, you're maybe looking for a different element, a different dimension. And then you couple that with the, the notion that, you know, a lot of people expect Kenny Pickett to be off the board by the time the Falcons pick at eighth because a lot of people are projecting him to go to a team like Carolina at pick number six. So I think in the world where the Falcons land Kenny Pickett, it's probably not in the first round. It's probably a scenario where we see the NFL being hand-sized queens, as they say, and saying, look, the hand-sized issue, and I'm, I'm sure, Nick, you, you don't think it's an issue. I don't think it's an issue. I don't think a lot of people think it's an issue. But you just need a couple of general managers and head coaches in the NFL to think it's an issue, and you start to see Kenny Pickett slide in, in round one and potentially fall into the back end of round one and be maybe the third quarterback off the board after Malik Willis, after Desmond Ritter. And then I think the Falcons may look at that and say, look, Kenny Pickett, we didn't love him at eight, but, you know, in the late 20s and the early 30s, maybe we go up and get this guy uh, and stop this slide because he is clearly the best quarterback left on the board and we need to look uh, ahead to the Falcons' long-term future. So I think that's really the more realistic scenario for the Falcons to to nab Kenny Pickett if he slides all the way to the back end of round one, uh, going and getting him rather than getting him at the top of the first round. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I love the picket fit in Atlanta. I, I really do like his fit with Arthur Smith and kind of what he runs and kind of like what they do. Uh, I think that he is the type of quarterback that just fits uh, exactly what they have, running that pro-style system, as you said. And, and again, though, they do have a lot of needs. So Pickett is just one of the, the notches in the belt, if you will. There's a lot of rumors. You know, I think Jameson Williams has now been – smoked a little bit there um, but there's more guys you know i know there's plenty of of edge rushers that's been talked about plenty of guys that have been talked about there eight and Pickett hasn't really come up and again if the quarterback topic has come up you kind of mentioned the two names it's been willis or ritter and, and that's kind of interesting to me because i think Pickett is such a natural fit in atlanta so i guess I, the question i have for you is then if, if say they do go ritter over pick it and, and they maybe they do come up and and you know Ritter falls a little bit and they go and get Ritter what attracts them to Ritter specifically over Pickett is it the athleticism uh, uh, you know not that Pickett's not athletic he can move outside the pocket but Ritter's a different athlete than him so is Malik Willis um what is it about those guys that could attract them to them over Kenny Pickett and do you think that th philosophy could be a mistake for the Falcons yeah, I think the main issues that you're looking at when you compare Pickett to the, the other top quarterbacks, which is Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, is, you know, both of those guys are a little bit better athletes. Again, as you said, Kenny Pickett is no slouch in that department. 
uh, more than capable of making plays with his legs. Uh, but I think both of those guys are maybe just a, a, a tier above, um, you know, above where Kenny Pickett is with that athleticism uh, to be, you know, capable runners at the next level. Uh, and I think probably the arm strength is probably the thing. Uh, we know Millick Willis is has the best arm in this draft class. And I think while Desmond Ritter doesn't, I don't necessarily think have a cannon, I feel like his ability to throw the vertical routes is probably a little touch better. I think you're getting a little bit more consistency on some of those deeper throws uh, that, you know, potentially if you're a team like the Falcons and you looked at your offense last year without Calvin Ridley, without Julio Jones, you, you lacked explosiveness at that position and you want to have maybe a quarterback that can do a little bit better job than Kenny Pickett exploiting all three levels of the defense. And I think Desmond Ritter has the arm strength. I think the thing that Kenny Pickett has over some of those other guys that we're talking about is the accuracy and sort of being able to slice and dice defenses on the shorter and intermediate throws. But maybe some of those vertical throws is, is where he's not going to necessarily uh, do his best football. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that there's a few things you've talked about with the vertical routes. Doesn't necessarily not that Kenny doesn't have good arm strength. I think he has decent arm strength. I just don't think it's a it's a cannon, as you said. I think he can get it there. We saw it though this year. It felt like this year, and you could probably attest to this. Whenever I was watching him, just the balls had just died a little bit short. Felt like Addison when he was on. Obviously, Jordan Addison, his main target, had to stop a little bit when he was trying to get under them, just a little bit. Uh, so not. Great arm strength, pretty average arm strength overall. And then the hand size, that's going to be an issue for some teams. I don't know what the Falcons' philosophy is on their hand size. I know there are some teams, I remember the Broncos talking about how they had strict hand size kind of measurements. I don't know what Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith think in that regard. I don't see it as much of an issue outside of maybe, you know, super rainy, snowy days where you might have an issue with the gloves and then fumbles could be an issue. But I don't see it as a huge issue. The only other thing I could think of that would be another issue for Kenny Pickett is the pocket management. He gets a little skittish in the pocket, but I think he's a really good type of quarterback. And I think in Atlanta, he'd come in and push Marcus Mariota right away for that starting job. But I think you kind of you kind of looked at it and you said Mariota is kind of in the same type of vein as say a, a Ritter or a Willis and kind of his athleticism, what he wants to do. So that's kind of what they want to do over, say, someone like a Pickett, who's not a super athlete. He's a he's a decent athlete for the position, can move outside the pocket, can extend plays, but he's not going to you know, be a burner. He's not going to be a design QB run type of guy. And I think that's what maybe they're looking for, and that's kind of the, the divide between Pickett and the Falcons and why he wouldn't be their pick at eight, but maybe could be a pick in the back half of that first round just because he is looking like a really solid quarterback prospect. Yeah, I think it boils down to, you know, if you're going to take a swing at a quarterback at the early first round, you want that guy to to create buzz. And and the knock on Kenny Pickett is he's not going to get anybody excited about, you know, hey, this guy's going to be a superstar at the next level. It's like he's going to be a solid NFL starter, probably an above average starter. He's going to be a, a guy that can keep you, I think, in playoff contention year after year. But like he's not going to be one of these guys that you're going to sit here and write home about and say, this is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think with some of these other quarterbacks, people, while I'm skeptical uh, on sort of the Malik Willis and Desmond Ritters on whether or not they can get there, I think some of these guys at least have the buzz that, there's a lot of people that are fans of them 
uh, around the league and on draft Twitter and, and elsewhere that sort of feel like those guys create a little bit more buzz. And I think that's kind of the thing that hurts Kenny Pickett right now. It's like he's a safe, solid quarterback. He's probably going to be uh, the safest choice for a team, uh, whoever winds up picking him uh, among this draft class. But he's just not going to be uh, having basically the sex appeal that some of these other quarterbacks are going to have. And, and I think that's part of the reason why you don't see Atlanta connected with them, because right now I, I think the Falcons are maybe are looking for a little bit more sizzle uh, and, and sex appeal at that quarterback position moving forward than what they've had for the last 14 years with Matt Ryan, who was a very good, but also a very sort of safe and solid uh, type of quarterback. Yeah, especially with Malik Willis, right, that the Atlanta natives certainly would get a lot of the buzz. He's certainly the sexy pick of them all, if you look at it. Ritter a little less so, but still has that buzz that would bring him, you know, proven winner, a guy that went to the playoff, took a, guy, a team like Cincinnati, the first G5 team ever in the playoff, has that kind of winner's mentality. He's a little bit more flashy, can really run the ball, which was kind of underutilized there in Cincinnati. And so I, I agree. I think Pickett is a safe, solid quarterback, will be for a long time, but maybe – just doesn't have the same buzz. Aaron, where can people find you? You can find me at Nick Faribault on on Twitter. Read my stuff over at Pittsburgh Sports Now. Write about Pitt there. But Aaron, where can they find you, man? Of course, they can find me locked on Falcons every single day, and of course on Twitter at Falcfans. Uh, yeah, Nick has been great chatting with you about Kenny Pickett. Uh, look forward to his future in the NFL. Uh, unfortunately, if he does wind up in Carolina, I'm going to have to find a way to root against him, which I, I don't want to see happen. So I'm hoping that Carolina goes in a different direction so I don't have to do that for the next 10 years. All right, folks, Aaron doing great stuff over there on Locked on Falcons. Make sure to listen there. We're going to go join Corbin now and talk about Seahawks. Could Kenny Pickett be a Seahawk and head over to the West Coast? We'll talk about that. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Pick Podcast. As always, I am joined by the great Corbin Smith, over the host of Locked On Seahawks. We are doing the Kenny Pickett Week Round Trip here, as always. And today, the Seahawks are on that ticket. Well, first of all, Corbin, how are you doing today, man? I'm great, and I can't complain. The weather's actually nice in the Pacific Northwest, which this time of year doesn't happen very often. So, uh, looking forward to the draft. Feels like it's kind of slowly coming here at a crawl but we're almost finally to the big weekend yeah it, almost there and in pittsburgh right now is currently snowing sideways so not great in pittsburgh in the middle of april but what will you do in pittsburgh it was 80 degrees here last week and now it is snowing because of course pittsburgh weather don't expect anything less but the the topic on the docket today kenny pickett quarterback from Pitt, of course it's been kind of a whirlwind of where Kenny Pickett could land anywhere from six to it seems like 36 or wherever you have in that range. It felt like his stock has been going like this. And well, the Seahawks, I didn't expect them to be a potential landing spot until obviously the Russell Wilson trade. Now they have that number ninth overall pick and they are a quarterback needy team with Drew Locke there 
Geno Smith there as well, but have been linked to some quarterbacks, but not necessarily guaranteed to take a quarterback, it seems. But what are your impressions, Corbin, of Kenny Pickett to the Seahawks? Haven't heard a ton of smoke about this one, but I'm, I guess what would the scenario be where Kenny Pickett could become a Seattle Seahawk? I would be really surprised, Nick, if it was at pick number nine. I don't know that they're going to take a quarterback in the first round anyway, but not that Pickett, I mean, we know that Kenny Pickett is a good athlete, so he would check that off for the Seahawks. They're going to be looking for a quarterback that has some mobility, some dual threat capabilities. My concern would be him as a downfield thrower. You know Pete Carroll is going to want his offense to take those shots. It's kind of a conservative offense, and yet it's not. They like to take those shots downfield to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and I'm not sure that Kenny Pickett out of this group of quarterbacks is the best fit to do that. Now, they did have a representative in his pro day, so they've done their due diligence, and they might be putting up smoke screens right now, and he could be their favorite QB of this draft class. But that is not the way that I've interpreted it up to this point. It seems like Malik Willis, who would be a natural fit with his athleticism and his arm strength, as well as Desmond Ritter, who just had a private visit here with the Seahawks, those two would seem to be the ones that maybe Seattle is the most interested in. And I personally, Sam Howell has had a visit with them back at the Combine. His strengths really fit Seattle's offense well, too. So that might be a guy to keep on the radar. I could see if Pickett falls in the end of the first round. Seattle's got two second-round picks. If they didn't take a quarterback at number nine and they like Kenny Pickett, that might be where they're willing to trade up so they can get that fifth-year option picking him late in the first round. That may be a possibility, but I think there are a couple other quarterbacks in this class that would be better scheme fits, and based on what we have seen, at least with their visits and the rumors that are out there, that they seem to have more interest in. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Again, most of the smoke I've heard, at least that, you know, when I was at the combine and I was at the senior bowl, it felt like Malik Willis um, was more of the – Thing. I mean, there's smoke that they might trade up for him or they're nine, they're going to take him. And then there's been Ritter talk recently. The Pickett talk hasn't been there. And you kind of talked about the fit a little bit of Kenny Pickett in that offense. And so, you know, most of the time we say Kenny Pickett is a good fit with most teams. Brand pro style offense, pro ready, willing to, to go. But Seattle's a little bit different because of that deep ball stuff. They run so many shot plays and they have, you know, DK Metcalf and they have all these guys you want to unlock those traits for. So for you, I guess, looking at this overall, out of the top five where you can include Corral, Howe, Ritter, Willis, and Pickett, I guess Pickett in terms of fit would be four or five, right? Yeah, I'd have him down near the bottom of the list. And, you know, actually, I'd probably put him at number five. And that's not necessarily saying that I think he's the fifth worst quarterback in this class. I think you can say this about all quarterbacks. The the system they land in, the team they land with, is truly one of the most important things for determining success. I just don't know that with what Seattle has liked to do, from a game manager standpoint, I think he would be great in Seattle's offense. I just think his skill set doesn't necessarily fit with what they want to do with the passing game. And that's why I mentioned Sam Howell, because Sam Howell's got his flaws in his game. But he can throw the ball downfield proficiently. He's got a cannon arm. He's got good touch on the deep ball. And I think you could say the same thing about Malik Willis, who's got his issues in the shorter intermediate game, reading defenses, things like that. He's got a lot of room to grow, but he's got the arm strength and the touchdown field. And Desmond Ritter's kind of in the middle there. 
I've seen some plays where it looks like he can be that shot passer, and then there have been times the ball flutters on him. I've seen a lot of that with Matt Corral as well. And Kenny Pickett, it just doesn't look to me, based on the game tape that I've watched, that that's necessarily his game. So I just don't know that the scheme fit, the, the fit for what they're looking to do with their aerial attack necessarily fits with the player and the team. Yeah, and I think Pickett, you know, improved as a deep passer over his career pit. But I would, I think we would all agree here, Pitt fan or not, Seahawk fan, whatever you are, that's really not Kenny's strike. Kenny's been more of an intermediate to short type of guy. Scans the field really well in that area. Really good middle of the field passer. Can fit into tight windows there. Just don't feel like the deep ball, especially to a guy like DK Metcalf. And and I, I would point out this example specifically. Pitt is a really good wide receiver that's going to be probably a top 50 pick next year in Jordan Addison. And he's going to run sub 4-4. And every time Pickett threw a deep ball to him, he would always have to slow down a step or two. DK Metcalf is going to have to slow down a step or two. And you want someone that could hit DK stride. And Russell Wilson had those special moon balls he threw, you know, the signature big lob. And that worked perfectly with with Lockett and Metcalf. I just don't see the same thing with with Pickett. So I can see where it's coming from with that. But I guess if let's say this does happen and let's say the scenario does happen where he falls into the late set, late, you know, first round, Seattle comes up and trades up for him. How, does, is that can, that's then a philosophy that you have to change, I guess, to suit what Kenny Pickett does. I mean, how would that even work if that works? You know, you're essentially not going with rest fit, but the quarterback, I guess, value there at say maybe 29, 30, something like that is just too much to pass up. Yeah, I think in that instance, it's not that Kenny Pickett can't ever complete a deep ball. I just don't think compared to the rest of the top quarterbacks of this class, I just don't view that as one of his bigger strengths. Now, they do have an offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron that comes from Sean McVay's coaching tree. And they were trying to get that intermediate passing game going last year. And that was really the biggest issue with Russell Wilson, particularly in the middle of the field. And I think a lot of it had to do with his height. And quarterback's not going to admit that, but I think that he missed some of those opportunities, particularly to tight ends in the middle of the field. You're not going to have that issue with Kenny Pickett if you select him because he doesn't have a five foot ten height. He can see over the line of scrimmage and he can complete those passes. And I think Desmond Ritter is really good in the intermediate part of the field as well. And so if they're wanting to focus more on that, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett can do damage anywhere on the field. They don't have to be running verticals, but that would take away a big part of your offense and a big strength for both those guys if you weren't taking many of those shots. And I think Pete Carroll would get antsy because he loves to run the ball, but he also loves to take those moon shots. And so I'm not saying it can't happen. If he falls and he's got other traits they really like, then absolutely Seattle could move up to get him. I just think of the top five quarterbacks, I personally, based on the film I've watched and knowing Seattle's offense throughout the Pete Carroll era, I just don't necessarily see the fit there for what they like to do throwing the football. The running aspect would be there. The game management game management aspect would be there. But that would be a big piece of the puzzle out of there if they can't consistently connect on deep passes. And I guess I always have to ask about this question because it comes up so much. Played in Pittsburgh, but still, do you think Seattle would have any objections to the hand size? I don't, and I, I find this interesting just to, to talk about and kind of gauge NFL teams' philosophies. Some teams will have issues with it, some teams won't. Again, played in Pittsburgh, and we talked about the weather earlier, how erratic it is here. He's played in bad weather games. Do you think the hand size would be something that maybe holds Seattle back as well? 
I don't think that that would be as big of a deal as looking at the specific skills he has throwing the football. It'd be something up for consideration. But the other quarterback they drafted a few years ago, Alex Magoo, had hands that were barely above nine inches. Russell Wilson had huge hands for a guy of his size, 10 and a quarter inches. So there's not necessarily a, a good sample size to know what their threshold would be on that. But two other quarterbacks that they were linked to, that they thought about potentially drafting Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, though both those guys have decent sized hands. So I don't know that that would be something that would really be an issue for the Seahawks. It might just be something else for them to consider when they're looking at him as a prospect, but I don't think that would be something if they liked everything else, that would be a sticking point for them necessarily. Hand size talk is the rave of the NFL draft talk around Kenny Pickett this year. Always find it interesting to see what teams' philosophies around it may be. All right, Corbin, thanks for coming on. Where can they find you? Watch your stuff. Do all that great things. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Locked underscore Seahawks. That's our Twitter for our show. Of course, five days a week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And we're streaming five days a week video form on YouTube.